You're now tuning in to our GrowPoint Dumaguete podcast, where it's all about relationships. We exist to glorify God by making disciples in the spirit of love. Blessed Sunday to all of us and welcome once again to GrowPoint Dumaguete Worship at Home. Before we come into the Word of God, as we normally do, let's bow our heads, unite our hearts together, and let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you once again for your love for us. Thank you, Lord, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross many years ago because of our sins. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving your life as a sacrifice that we might receive forgiveness of all of our sins. We thank you for what you have done, Holy Spirit, when you illumined us, when you enlightened our minds, and you helped us understand the message of the gospel. That is not by religion, it is not by good works, it is by faith alone in Jesus Christ alone. You promised, Lord Jesus, that whoever believes in you will not perish but have everlasting life. And we thank you for that beautiful promise that gives us the assurance because we believe that you are a God who cannot lie. So we thank you for saving us, we thank you for everlasting life, we thank you for freedom from the power of sin that enables us by your Spirit to live a life that is pleasing in your sight. Lord, as we seek to grow, as we seek to be transformed and be more like you, Lord Jesus, we ask that you will continue the work that you have begun in us, that you will continue to convict us of our sins, you will continue to mold and shape us and transform us, Holy Spirit, to become like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in our character and in our conduct. Would you be with our teacher right now as we come into your word? Would you challenge us? Would you encourage us to live for King Jesus, to be on mission for the Lord? I ask you, God, to give us obedient hearts that all of us would be hearing the very words of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning would go away with a commitment driven by our personal conviction that He is the Lord of Lords, that He is the King of Kings, that He is the God of Gods who we need to obey, we need to submit to Him and live this life according to how He wants us to live it, and that is to invest this life fulfilling the Great Commission. This is our prayer now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, this is the last installment of our series, Rooted and Grounded. And in this series, we have been talking about God's plan and God's desire for all of us to grow spiritually mature. We have described that spiritual growth is a process that all of us Christians, all of us believers will need to go through in order for us to be transformed into the likeness of God's Son in our character and in our conduct by the ministry of the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of God uses the Word of God to change the child of God to become like the Son of God. We have learned that the Holy Spirit enables us to be who God wants us to be and do what God has commanded us to do. It is the Holy Spirit who can change us, who can transform us into Christ-likeness. We said last week that the Spirit of God uses the Word of God to transform the child of God to become more like the Son of God. And a Christian who is rooted and grounded is a Christian who will grow spiritually. And a Christian who is growing spiritually is a healthy believer. 
And a healthy Christian is connected and committed to a spiritual community. We want to call it life group here in Grow Point, And is experiencing at the moment true and lasting change as he or she allows the indwelling Holy Spirit of God to renew his mind and to radiate the life of the Savior, the life of our Master and Lord Jesus Christ in and through us. He, that believer who is growing, that believer who is healthy, that believer who is you know, being transformed, he is being changed into the image of Christ, the image of Jesus as stated in 2 Corinthians 3.18. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. Unlike Moses, who glowed in his face brightly with the glory of the Lord after spending several days, you know, communing and fellowshipping with God face to face, talking with God and gazing upon the glory of the Lord. Like Moses, the Christian who beholds the glory of the Lord will also show in its countenance and in the way he lived. And the people will take notice of it that he is displaying the glory of the Lord. He is displaying the character of Christ. He is living out the life of the Lord. So we must be rooted and grounded in Christ and in his word to become like him and live like Jesus. When we consider the life of the Lord Jesus Christ while he was here on earth, he had a very clear purpose in life. He knew his mission in life, and that is to seek and to save that which is lost. Luke chapter 19, verse 13, Jesus said, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's why he came. And if we're going to be like him, if we're going to be like Christ, then we need to embrace a life purpose like His and devote our lives for the work of God that He has entrusted to us. Listen to the very words of the Lord after He died and rose again. He said these words found in John chapter 20 and verse 21. Jesus said to them, to His disciples, again, He said, Peace be with you. And listen to this. As the Father has sent me, even so, I am sending you. Jesus told them in the same manner and for the same purpose, with the same resources that the Father has sent me. I am sending you. Remember, Jesus was sent okay, to seek and to save the lost. Now Jesus is sending you and I. He's sending us, the church, the body of Christ, to do the same. Have you ever considered why God has allowed the church, the people of God, to remain here on earth? Have you ever thought about it? Why are we still here? Why are we still occupying space on this planet, breathing God's air, you know, enjoying God's resources after we got saved? I mean, you know, we're all saved as Christians and we're on our way to heaven. Heaven is our final destination. Why not bring us to heaven today? Why are we still here on earth? Why is God letting the Christians remain in this sinful and wicked world when He could just bring us all home to heaven? Why could, you know, what could God, uh, what, what could be God's purpose for allowing us to still be on earth? Is it to worship Him? Is it to live up our praises and adoration and declare His glory here on this earth? If that is your answer, well, let me challenge you. Can we not do that in heaven perfectly? Can we not worship Him perfectly in heaven? 
So I don't think that's the, re the main reason why we're here, although we, we need to do that, and it is our privilege to do that. Is it to enjoy the fellowship of our brothers and sisters, our brethren in the Lord here in the church? Well, think about it. We can have perfect fellowship in heaven. There in heaven, our love for one another will be perfect. Is it to study the word of God and to know more about him? Well, think about it again. When we go to heaven, we will see Jesus. We will see God in the fullness of his glory. And we will behold his glory for all eternity. And it is to me, you know, as I think about it, we can learn better about God by seeing him there without distractions from this sinful world. We can see him face to face. So what is that one thing that we can do here on earth for the Lord that we could no longer do when we go to heaven? What is that one thing that can only be done here on earth by God's people? The answer to that question will reveal to us, will show to us the main purpose of God for allowing us to remain here on earth. And when we consider God's purpose for us here on earth, on this side of eternity, when we, 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 when we remember the very words, the familiar words of the Lord Jesus Christ found in Matthew chapter 28, it reveals to us why we're still here. Look at your Bible and turn it to, you know, Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 18 down to verse 20. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is our purpose. This is the reason why we're still here. This is our mission. That's the title of this message be commissioned because this is popularly known as the great commission of God for his church. So here's the main idea. Making disciples is our purpose and mission from Jesus Christ. Making disciples is our purpose and mission from Jesus Christ. That's why we're still here. That's why God has allowed us to remain on this planet, to remain in this world, so that we can win the world for Christ, so we can reach the world for Christ. We can preach the gospel, disciple them, multiply leaders, and then reach more people for King Jesus. That's why we're here. So the question for us this morning is, how can we fulfill our purpose and accomplish our mission and I want to suggest a few reasons we can fulfill our purpose and accomplish our mission of making disciples when we, I'm going to give you three things from this passage. Number one, when we submit to the authority of our master, our Lord Jesus Christ, our King Jesus Christ. Notice what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28 verse 18. He said, all authority, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus has been given universal authority. Because Jesus, the second Adam, triumphed where the first Adam failed. Jesus lived a perfectly righteous life. Although he was tempted in all, you know, um, with all kinds of temptations, just like anybody else, yet Jesus never sinned. Jesus never compromised. Jesus never you know, spoke an idle word. Jesus never sinned against God. He has never broken the law of the Lord. He lived a perfectly righteous life. Even in his thoughts, in his desires, 
He was so pure. He was so righteous. He was perfect. Jesus was completely devoted to the Father and fully surrendered to God's will. And because Christ, okay, in His absolute humility, obeyed the Father in everything, God has highly exalted Him above all. Let's read Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 down to verse 11. Therefore, God has highly exalted Him, that's Jesus, and bestowed on Him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now notice that this passage starts with the word therefore, current quote. Now, when you see the word therefore, you need to ask yourself this question. What is that word therefore, therefore? Now, when you read the word therefore, that gives you the, the idea. It gives you a clue that what you are about to read okay, is a result of something that was previously stated or done. And in this case, we can learn that Jesus Christ was highly exalted by God the Father because of His humble obedience to God, even to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Because He chose to lay aside the free exercise of His deity, and He lived as a man, He lived as a servant, completely devoted and dedicated and surrendered to the Father's will. He obeyed the Father even to death, even to death in, I mean, on the cross. And because of that, based on what Jesus has done, therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. And in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20, and verse down to verse 22, this is what we can read. That God worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Notice this. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in the one that is to come. And he, God, has put all things under his, that's Jesus, under his feet and gave him, that's Jesus, as head over all things to the church. Again, the universal authority, the absolute authority of Jesus Christ was given to him because of his obedience to the Father's will. He died on the cross for the sins of all humanity. And then he rose again on the third day as the Savior of the world. He did that okay, in obedience to his Father's will. And it is because of that that God gave him all authority in heaven and in earth. Jesus is victorious. He defeated the enemy, Satan. And he has crushed him. Now all authority is in Christ. Now, it is based on that universal authority of Jesus that absolute power that he has over all, that Christ gave the great commission to his people. So that when you think about it, that when there is a Christian who is not obeying the great commission, 
that Christian is rebelling against the authority of King Jesus. In short, if you are a Christian who is not making disciples, you are disobeying God and you are rebelling against King Jesus. Because King Jesus, who has all authority in heaven and earth, has given us the commandment to go and make disciples of all nations. So if you are a believer who is not making disciples, you are rebelling against the king. And that is a serious matter. It is not enough to simply pray for souls. It is not enough to simply you know, live a good life. The, the Bible says, the word of God, and Jesus said, our king was all authority. We are to go and make disciples. Yes, we need to pray. But prayer alone is, is sometimes not enough. It is not enough to simply live a good and godly life before people, hoping that you know, your good testimony will point them to the Lord. To win souls, Jesus said, you need to go. Go after them. I read this um, story just recently. And the story goes that several years ago, there was a man who got saved uh, in an evangelistic campaign. And when he got saved, he told his boss about, you know, his experience that now he's a believer. And his boss was so excited and he was thrilled to hear that, you know, after all these years, his, you know, employee is now saved. He says, that's great. Do you know that I am also a Christian? young boss. And the shocks here. He says, you're a believer? He says, yes. Okay. The new believer says, well, why did you not tell me that you are a believer? Why did you not share the gospel to me? And he even said this, he says, you are the very reason I have not been interested in the gospel all these years. How can that be? The boss said, you know, I have done my very best to live the Christian life around you. And then the new believer said, well, that's the whole point. You live such a model life without telling me. That it was Jesus who is making the difference. And I thought, and I convinced myself, that if you could live such a good life without Christ, then I can too. What is your point? You know, I'm living a good life. I, you know, I'm, I have victory over sin. I have victory over temptation. Not because of my own effort, but because Christ lives in me. He did not testify for the Lord Jesus Christ. He did not, you know, preach the gospel. He did not share that it was Jesus who is making the difference in his life. He simply wanted to give a good life and hope that these, you know, fellow employees will come to the Lord you know, and, and be saved. And then that new believer, one of the employers, employees says, no, I thought you live a good life on your own strength. And so I thought, I don't need Jesus. You see, it's not enough to live a good life. It's not enough to pray for them. We need to speak the gospel. We need to preach the gospel. We need to proclaim the good news to those who are around us. Don't get me wrong. We must live a good life. We must preserve and protect our testimony. Paul said we need to be careful how we live before the unbelievers. That's given. But that is not enough. Because if, it, if that was enough, then Jesus would not have commanded us to go and make disciples. To go and preach the gospel to every creature. As he said in Mark chapter 15. We need to preach the gospel. So I urge you to consider today, submit to the authority of the Lord 
Jesus Christ. Submit to the authority of our master. Submit to the authority of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The one who has been given all power, all authority in heaven and on earth. Will you today surrender to his will and obey the great commission of making disciples? Then secondly, you need to commit to the entirety of our mission. Look at verse 19 and verse 20. Jesus said, go therefore, in other words, based on his universal authority, he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And in that passage, we need to learn that the central command in that passage is to make disciples. And then Jesus, you know, in that command, gave us three key words. These are verbs, okay, that when obeyed, will enable us to obey the Great Commission. And the first word, if we're going to be making disciples, the first word is to go. Jesus says, go and make disciples. This word in the original language is a participle, which can be better translated as, as you are going. So practically, the command to make disciples is to be done as we are going about our daily business in life. It is to be our lifestyle as Christians, to be constantly looking for people, for, you know, for our family, for our friends, our relatives, our co-workers, our neighbors. We're to be constantly looking for people who need to know Jesus Christ as their Savior and help them. Point them to Jesus Christ. That is to be our lifestyle as we are going about our individual, personal businesses in life. We are to be making disciples. So Jesus is telling us, make disciples as you are going about your daily routine. If you are a student, then you make disciples as you go to school. Nowadays, as you go online in your classes, if you are an employee, then, then you are to be making disciples in your workplace. If you are a business owner, then you should be making disciples as you do your business. As you are going. Pray that God will give you a burden to see the lost get saved. Ask God to fill your heart with His love and His compassion for the lost and the dying world around you. If you don't have that concern, then you should be concerned. If you don't have that burden, that desire to see the unbelievers, you know, getting saved and know Jesus Christ, their Savior, then you need to come before God and say, Lord, would you please give me love? Give me your love. Give me your compassion. Lord, fill me with your mercy. Give me, Lord God, your eyes to see these souls as dying men and women who are on their way to hell. Pray to God. Ask God to give you that heart. Ask, ask God to give you that vision. Ask God to give you that desire. Seek for opportunities to speak and to testify for Christ. To proclaim the gospel message, the glorious message of salvation. That it is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone, that a person can get saved, receive eternal life, and be in heaven for all eternity. Speak for Jesus Christ. You know, realize this. You know the truth as a Christian. And as men and women who knows the truth, we need to go after them and tell them about it. We need to go after them and tell them 
about it. Go after the lost. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. We are to do the same. We are to go and seek the lost so that Jesus can save them. Luke chapter 14, verse 21 to 23. You know, you can read this in your Bible. Jesus said, go into the hedges and the highways and compel them to come in. In Romans chapter 10, verse 14 and verse 15, a very challenging passage. Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said this, How shall they call on Jesus whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings or good news. People need to hear the gospel so they can understand. And when they understand, they can make the decision to believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior. And when they believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior, they can be saved and have eternal life and be forgiven of their sins. But they could not do that unless you and I will you know, submit to the authority of the king and then commit to this mission that God has given to us to go after them and preach the gospel to them. Oh, may the Lord burden us for the lost around us. May God give us a desire to see this lost and dying world around us get saved and know Jesus Christ as their Savior. There's so many of them. The second word is baptizing. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Mike Reddick said this in one of his sermons. He said, so winning is not complete until that convert is inspired to obedience. Discipleship is not just a fire escape from hell and a ladder to heaven. It involves inspiring that one to obedience. The first step of obedience a new convert can take is the step of baptism. He's talking about water baptism. It is the public testimony of a man's faith in Christ. It is a picture of their salvation. It pictures their death, burial to sin, and their resurrection to new life in Christ. Unquote. Baptism is not a requirement for our salvation. It is a public testimony of our salvation. It is the you know, it is outwardly, okay, outwardly declaring what is inwardly true. People cannot see our hearts. They don't know that, you know, we believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior. So how can they know? When we testify, one way of testifying is what? Be baptized. Obey the Lord's commandment to be baptized. You see, water baptism is not an option. It is a command from the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, let me make it clear. Water baptism is not a requirement for salvation. It is a testimony of our salvation. It is telling the world that you are already saved. It is telling the world that I trust in Christ as my Savior. That I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I am a believer of Jesus Christ. I am a child of God because I have repented of my sin. And I have made a decision to trust in Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. That's what you're doing. Just like a wedding ring. A wedding ring does not make me a married man. But a wedding ring indicates and it tells the public that I am a married man. With or without it, I am a married man. But with it, people will know. The same with water baptism. The third word is teaching. Teaching. 
And this word means to indoctrinate. Okay? So we need to be teaching them to observe all that Jesus has commanded us. The command is to make disciples. And that, that's not just preaching the gospel. Sorry to say, but there are so many zealous Christians out there who think that the Great Commission is simply preaching the gospel. They preach the gospel, people make the decision, they, they trust Christ as their Savior, and then they leave them all by themselves. You are like, you know, giving birth to babies and then leaving them on the streets. The commandment from King Jesus, the Great Commission, is to make disciples. That includes evangelism. That includes preaching the gospel, but it's not limited to that. That's not all there is in the Great Commission. Discipleship is not complete until we help a new believer to grow unto spiritual maturity. One author says that discipleship is a long, hard, messy journey, but that is a very fulfilling, a very rewarding journey, if I may add. We are to baptize. We are to go baptize and we are to teach all nations. That's why I said we need to commit to the entirety of our mission. Our mission includes going. Our mission includes baptizing. Our mission includes teaching. And then we do these three things to all nations, which means to all people groups. Our responsibility does not end at our doorstep, as Pastor Mike said. It includes all men and women of all nations, of all people groups. And it has been said that there are about 11,000 people groups around the world that has never heard of the gospel message. I tell you, there's, you know, it's, it's funny. And sometimes, you know, I hope that we realize this. There's so many Christians today. There's so many churches, local assemblies that are fighting against each other over one family here. You know, one pastor is angry with another pastor because, you know, a family from his church moves to his church. And, you know, one person from his church goes to his church and, and so on and so forth. When there are so many people out there who needs to hear the gospel. Christians around the world today are debating, you know, who has the right theology, who has the right view about salvation, who has the right view about this and that, you know, who has the right version of the Bible, who has the right view of music, of clothing, of standards and everything. When there's, there are millions out there who doesn't even know God as the creator, who doesn't even know Jesus as God, who doesn't even know Jesus died on the cross for their sins to save them and give them eternal life in heaven. May God awaken us to the reality. We're so distracted from the real work, from the Great Commission. So the church, notice this, okay? The church is called and commanded by God to make disciples of every nation, of all nations, of every people group across the street or across the seas. And before you scratch your head and shake your head, you know, being overwhelmed by this great commission, let us move on to the third. And this is the comfort. And the comfort is that God is with us. So we need to learn to admit the reality of our motivation. Notice what Jesus said. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. 
Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And notice the promise of Jesus Christ. He says, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ himself promised to be with us all the time. What a promise. Jesus is telling us, wherever you go, I'm with you. The Lord will go with you. When you visit this family for the purpose of sharing the gospel, know this, Jesus is with you. When you go and meet up with that you know, person from your workplace for the purpose of sharing the gospel, know this, Jesus is with you. When you need to stand up, Okay, before your superiors, your supervisors, your, your managers, or whoever that may be, you know, to, to share the gospel, know this. You may be trembling, you may be shaking, you may be so nervous, you may be so, you know, afraid. But know this, Jesus is with you. He said that in His Word. When you are going about the Great Commission, you can be sure King Jesus goes with you. He will never leave you all by yourself. You are not fulfilling this great commission all by yourself, all alone. Nope, you're not. Jesus is a great and good king. And as a good king, he goes with his people to the battlefield for the souls of men. He will never leave you alone. He will go with you everywhere you go. This was a story shared by Pastor Mike in one of his sermons years ago. A missionary found himself in the hands of savage cannibals in the heart of Africa. And as he was being prepared for the evening meal, by a miracle of God, he escaped and fled to the jungle. And it was dark and he was in an unfamiliar territory. So he climbed the tallest tree. And as he looked down, he could see those carnivorous captors with lighted torches searching you know, the jungle floor for their missing meal. The missionary said this, Quote, I never felt Jesus so near as I did that night in the top of the tree. Then he added, I would go back into that perilous hour if only I could feel again the presence of God with me as I did that dark night. End quote. Have you ever felt the presence of God in that way? Have you ever felt Jesus so close to you? You want that experience. Then submit to the authority of the king and commit to the mission of making disciples. And Jesus said, I am with you all the time. Why you need to do that? You know why? Because God is not willing that any should perish. He wants all to come to repentance. And Jesus will be with you. Jesus will be with us as we move forward by faith for the purpose of making disciples, reaching out communities, reaching out families, reaching out individuals with a gospel message, you know, with the intent of helping them grow spiritually. God says, I will be with you all the time. I will be with you. We'll talk more about God being with us all the time in our next message as we will, you know, enter into a new series beginning next week in the book of Acts. Jesus promised, I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. And, you know, He being with us is a promise that should comfort us as we face oppositions, as we encounter persecutions, you know, 
as we take a stand for Him. Of course, there will be people who will not like us. They will not like our message. Okay? And they will oppose us and they will persecute us as we take a stand for Christ. But know this, you're not standing alone. The whole church will be standing with you. And Jesus Christ, your King, your Lord will be with you as well all the time. And I personally believe this. This is my personal conviction. That Christians who are committed okay, to live their lives for the Great Commission, motivated by the Great Commandment, will experience a deeper intimacy with the Lord. They will live their lives with a higher purpose because they have, you know, they will have a greater meaning for their lives because they're living for something that will count for all eternity. They're living for the souls of men and women. So be on mission for King Jesus. I hope that today you will decide to submit to the authority of our King, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the God of Gods. Decide to bow down before Him and submit to the universal authority of King Jesus. And then commit your life to be used for the great commission of making disciples. Invest your precious time. Invest your precious years. In, invest your strength if you are a young person. Invest it okay, to reach those who still don't know Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior. Invest your time telling people about the way of salvation. Helping people find their way back to the Father through Jesus Christ. Invest your life for things that will count for eternity. Maybe God is calling you to be a missionary. Maybe God is calling you to go to a different province, to go to a different island, to, you know, to have the gospel ministry. Or maybe Jesus is calling you to be a missionary in a different country where there is little or no gospel ministry. What is keeping you from obeying the king? What is keeping you okay, from saying yes to King Jesus? Yes, Lord, here I am, send me. Think about that. To many of us, God has placed us where we are today with people who needs to know Jesus, who needs to hear the gospel, who needs to hear the message of salvation. Maybe God has placed, you know, some people in your heart and mind, maybe a family that you are burdened to reach with the gospel. Will you decide, take that step of faith and initiate that conversation, set that appointment, and then share the glorious gospel. You know, you can trust in the power of the Holy Spirit to convict men of sin. You can trust the power of the gospel to save them. You can trust God. You only need to take that step of faith, and God will meet you at that step. Be a Christian that is commissioned by King Jesus to make disciples. Will you submit to Him? Will you commit to that? Maybe you need to send that text message. Maybe you need to send that PM that DM through Messenger or any other platform for you to set that appointment to meet online. Maybe you cannot meet, you know, physically or personally, but you can meet virtually. Do it and do it now. Set that appointment. We have resources, by the way, if you don't know this, we have resources here for free for you to use as your tool to share the gospel. We have Bible study materials. If you want a Bible, if you want to do Bible study, you know, style in, in sharing the gospel, you can do it. There is an app 
that you can use to share the gospel. Here in Grow Point Dumagari, we're using the exchange materials. We're using the exchange app to share the gospel virtually to our friends, okay? That we cannot meet personally, but we can meet virtually. We also have the exchange Bible study. We have the exchange gospel presentation. And then we have living the exchange. So you can have these tools you can use to disciple people and fulfill the Great Commission. Maybe you're afraid. Maybe you have fears. Again. Remember the promise of Jesus Christ. He said, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. He will guide you. He will strengthen you. He wants to use you. All you need to do is by faith, follow his leading. And Jesus said this, and I will, this will be the end. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Brothers and sisters, church, family, our friends, be a commissioned follower of Jesus Christ today. Submit to his authority, okay, as our master. Commit to our mission of making disciples and admit the reality of our motivation. What motivates us is this. He is with us all the time. I hope that this message is encouraging you. Surrender your life. and Live a life with a great commission in obedience. To our King Jesus. May the Lord bless you. Thank you so much.